Hi, and welcome once again to What's the Damage? Companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular real play D&D show, Roll for Damage. No clever quip today, I could not think of anything and I wrote this last minute. Um, the Shields of Twilight were once again having a very weird one on Friday. Oriana started the stream off dead, but was quickly revived by Quinn, who used his most precious possession, that magic water stuff, to bring her back. Uh, she also may have sworn herself to Asmund Dance while she was hanging out being dead. Maybe, kind of, we don't know. We'll worry about it later. Um, so with Ori back on her feet, the shields had headed up a treacherous mountain in search of precious ore. Then Perry got murdered by a big flying monster thing, interrupting what had been a very pleasant hike. Luckily, her death did not stick. Um, these kids are just dropping like flies, aren't they? Good thing magic's real. As always, stick around after the stream for links and resources. I'm your host, Truth Benson, and this is What's the Damage? Welcome back. Joining me today, we have two of our favorite players. They're all our favorite players. We have Chad, who plays Quinn, and we have Khalil, who plays Baltaim. How are you guys Ooh. doing today, this evening? This lovely oh, swell. <laughs> uh, we're also, again, because everyone else is dying, we're also the two that have not died in the party yet. It's true. Yet. <laughs> we're the holdouts. We're waiting. Um, so you guys resurrected Oriana that had a lovely little hike that definitely was not dramatic in any way. No. What's the damage, guys? <laughs> I mean, I don't like things. That's it. I just don't like things. <laughs> yep. Things that, that fly. Bad. <laughs> things things are bad. And then things that fly are also really bad. So you know things that fly are worst. Yeah. Because then you got this big old monster of a damage dealing beast on the ground just like hey come down here <laughs> come on guys awesome okay reviews are in flying things negative <laughs> yeah it's negative 10 out of 10 would not okay. recommend no those manticores got a scathing yelp review yeah say that. <laughs> too much water the whole mountain just one star my friend died here 
That's exactly what it says, yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so we're going to backtrack a little bit to the first half of the episode when you guys had Oriana resurrected. Mm -hmm. Very fun. Um, so Quinn, first off, why were you being so gosh darn hecking shady about reviving Oriana? I was watching it live and I was like, is he going to rob her body? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, I was just going to steal all her stuff and leave her corpse. That's That was my original plan. I was like, I, dang, dang it, I guess I better just bring her back to life. Fine. Uh, but no, the whole thing was... I mean, Quinn just kind of in the moment figured out the thing that he needed to do, but didn't want to make a big production out of it and kind of just didn't want people to know right off. So he just wanted to, you know, do what he needed to do and be done with it, essentially. Got it. Did anyone ever tell Quinn that being secretive is a good way to get people curious about what you're doing? Uh, no, no one mentioned that. <laughs> Because Ben Campy was like all up in his business the whole yeah. time. Like, hey, yeah. what are you doing? What are you doing? Tell me everything. Like, and Camp was like the to. most curious of your party too. So that was kind of a weird person to be so shady in front of. Yeah. Love it though. Um, so something I was a little bit unclear on. I may have just mm. missed it, but do the other are the other characters aware that Quinn used his drop of water? Probably. I mean, I mean context clues being what they were most likely yes yeah i was i was going off of my response of that baltine he didn't ask him specifically but he just like kind of like two and two like we know quinn doesn't have this type of magic and like uh yet and, yet <laughs> and like but just the way that quinn was acting this this was like two and two baltine was gonna like bring it up or anything it was like mm -hmm. you know that's your decision that i you know when he said back to Dobby, he's like, I respect your decision no matter what, but it's like, you have, only you had the, the, the power to do this with what you have. So it was like, yeah. he just kind of put two and two and was like, I guess he decided and that's fine with me if that's what he wanted to do. Yeah, because as we all know, two plus two equals magic life water. That's math. I need to check the numbers on that one. That, <laughs> no, yeah, don't. You got a calculator handy, little advocate. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Baltaim has a good idea. Yeah, because like I was wondering what with Quinn being sort of secretive about actually doing it if he wasn't going to pretend that this was not the water and uh, was in fact some kind of other miracle. I mean, had nobody noticed, he probably wouldn't just wouldn't have said anything about it. And just you know, awesome. it would have just been done and then You're like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, also, I, th I think Perry saw him, right? Like, because her past was so high. She, I mean, like, she sees saw... literally everything, right. so I wouldn't be so, surprised. But she, she also just hasn't said anything for, about it yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So. You know. Yeah, so on that topic, um, why the change of heart? Since it, ha it hasn't actually been that long since Quinn declined to use the water on Dobby. It was, and it was a whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, so what's happened really in a lot of happened, Austin, but what specifically has happened in the intermeaning two and a bit weeks? I mean, basically the whole reason behind it was all just coming out of the encounter with the super goth edgelord prince with the Biden that guy mm. who basically said Thara's Dune is using Dobby's soul as like a chew toy slash snack and Quinn just sort of 
since he could have done that before and did still feel some sort of responsibility for it previously now that he knows that is what occurred because you know he didn't know for certain what was going to happen to Dobby one way or the other with the whole like being marked what does that even mean none of us actually know the entirety of it yet but now he knows that is the stake there it becomes if he does not do everything he can in the moment to stop that from happening then he does it with full knowledge of the fact that not bringing someone back to life if he can means that is what's going to happen to them. So since this was his best chance in the moment to do what he needed to do and fix what needed to be fixed, he just took it. Because he couldn't, I don't think he could have lived with the knowledge that, well, you decided to not do that again. And now this person is going to be tortured forever. And not only that, but he was recently admonished by his own God for hoarding that stuff and not for, you know, holding on to it so selfishly and not using it if he needed to use it. And, you know, there's just, it's a lot of things just added up to this is the thing that he needs to do. Got you. Okay. Well, Oriana's alive again. We're all very relieved. Um, so. Okay, we're all neutral to positive. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's neutral okay. positive. We're all neutral it's positive. New, it's a new alignment, neutral positive. Yeah. You're, you know, you're just kind of cheerful, but you don't care. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so with Oriana up and Adam again, um, it was revealed that she may have taken Baltayim's advice when it came to Asmodeus. Um, so what was, how did both your characters like react internally, like hearing her say that she had um, accepted the Lord of the Nine Hells possibly as her personal savior? I don't, I don't know if we heard it that. Did we hear that in character? She told everyone. Remember. Wasn't oh, did she? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, think I don't, heard. I don't, I don't, uh, Oh, was it only Perry? Yeah, I think it I was only Perry. I think they were in, it was in no, their room. Yeah. They were by themselves. Okay, never mind. Okay, then. it was but, nothing but girls. Yeah, talk. yeah. Because I was like, I, I think I would have had a response to that, but no, nah, yeah, I don't think I think we were. I think I don't think our characters were there for that. Oh, that's gonna be a reveal. How would your yeah. characters react? Um, I mean, Baltimore there is already some really evidence. Know much. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't really know much about uh, some of these mm -hmm. like gods and stuff. Like he knows about his god, mm -hmm. uh, Vandra, and he knows about. Uh, well, he doesn't even know that much about his his pact, you know, pact god. So he's like trying to he's like trying to learn more about that. Um, so he like he, I mean, if it's helping you, cool, you know. Like if it's gonna help you do what you need to do, like I'm fine with that. As mm -hmm. long as it's not hurting you or it's not hurting, you know, people that are dearest to you, you know, whatever. Yeah. All is neutral positive. Neutral positive. Yes. <laughs> that is his alignment. Um, I mean, there's already, you know, some clues like the fact that, oh, look, Oriana's eyes caught fire when she used magic. That's, yeah. that's a new thing. So that's probably going to come up in conversation at some point where we're not dealing with, oh, someone died again. Let's, let's not let that happen another time. But I mean, Quinn will have an opinion about it whenever there is information to actually form an opinion on because, you know, the whole idea of Bane being God of you know, 
tyranny and whatnot or whatever is not actually the proper description of him. So Asmodeus being supposedly the most evil deal maker in all the universe, like the worst lawyer or some such, it's might not that might not be the truth about him either. So yeah, the best and worst lawyer. Best and worst at the same time. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I do decree. <laughs> <laughs> this man is not guilty. But um, but yeah, the, he doesn't have enough information to go off of because he already sort of prejudged one deity. So he's just not going to bother with doing that again. He's going to wait for more information. We like. So you catch fire now and you do magic. Is everything fine there? Or do we need to call a, do- a doctor? You know, like, otherwise, okay, fine. Yeah, I think uh, Quinn is like probably the, the most interesting point of view I would like to see uh, come discuss because he's currently in like the midst of something like this, right? He's like, mm-hmm. has uh, Bane on one hand. Sorry, I've thinking uh Bane mm-hmm. on one hand and then Melora on the other hand like on the same like basically on the same shoulder like guiding him mm-hmm. and so it's like well uh he probably you know what he knows of what the, this god is it seemed like like when he was like, in his dream sequence you know, we don't know but mm-hmm. you know, characters don't know but he's like he's like well just because that is one version of me doesn't mean that that is the same all facets of me I have like there's levels to this you know mm-hmm. so it's like you can be one thing, but also be another thing. So it doesn't have to be, this is good, inherently good or inherently evil. There's some like goodness in some of it and some badness in some of it. And that's for all things. Like Melora is a goddess of nature. There's a lots of death and killing in nature by itself in general. So like, that's not like a, like, like that just happens as part of nature. It's a cycle, you know, things die and then things become born after they die. So it's like, that's the kind of, I want to see that, uh, talk through, talk down uh, with them too. That I think that would be interesting seeing how they are going, seemingly going in the same boat at, the, at, at, at this point of time in their, their lives right now. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a conversation that's going to be had at some point just right. you know, because a lot of things are just based on point of view is one thing that he's figured out is, you know, uh, Bane supposedly was evil from some point of view. Asmodeus is according to, I don't know, I guess any book, evil from the point of view of the author, but I mean, that doesn't necessarily translate to the actual truth. So it then depends on what does this mean? You know, like what is true about this particular deity and the relationship that that is being formed with Oriana and all that. So that's kind of why Quinn's just reserving judgment on the whole thing until he actually knows what the deal is. Because right now, he knows what he knows just as a person who grew up in the world and heard just the general stories about everything. Right. But because he's come to question literally everything about that, he <laughs> has no opinion because he doesn't want to base it off of most likely inaccurate information. And there are a lot of interesting narrative threads sort of connecting all of you guys. Mm-hmm. It's like a murder board with all yeah. the red yarn and Charlie Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, except all the thread is like having multiple gods that you're kind of in like a through bowl with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, yeah, so 
all of that happened with Oriana sure and then you guys didn't get much time to process it because you sort of immediately headed up into the mountains mm -hmm. um, for what was supposed to be a simple amateur mining trip. Um, however, uh, however, do we ever make anything something so simple? Nope. Do we ever make something so simple? I mean, there was the flump that was supposed to be simple until someone blew it up with thunder. I don't recall that. I recall it very clearly, and I, I have not gotten a chance to speak. I live on a week-to-week -week basis. Murdered a flump. I remember, I remember things on a week-to-week -week basis, so after a week, it's just gone. <laughs> you just lack object permanence when it comes yeah. to D&D. Yeah. Yeah, the files get purged once a week. <laughs> um, clear the history. <laughs> Get rid of the cookies. Um, Delete cool all beans. the cookies. <laughs> <laughs> clear brain cash. Yep. Just goes. Man, I wish. Once a week, Khalil yep. just reformats Baltaim's brain. Yep. That explains that a nice. lot. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> so much about Baltaim. Like it does, doesn't it? Like his, he's. Oh my god! It's like he's the guy from Memento. Like his short-term memory just is purged. Yep. Like, Love oh, wait, it. I remember the last time I did this. Some, somebody died. Oh, wait, no, I don't remember that at uh, all. Whatever, do it again. <laughs> Can't happen twice, right? But it, God, yeah, it, it takes over midnight from Sunday to Monday and, like, mm -hmm. just gone. Just yeah. gone. Just gone. Memory reset every long rest. Amazing. That's why I firmly believe about Baltaim now. That's my personal headcanon. I, I support this. Okay. I, I also believe this now. I'm, I'm in agreement. Canon, folks, you heard it here first. Yep. Delta yep. has canonically the memory of the goldfish. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so so much. So as you guys were going to the mountain, um, wait, was this the same mountain you went hunting on, or was this a different mountain? Yeah, it's the same uh, it's mountain. The same, yeah, just okay. part of the part. same mountain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the mountain okay, is so, huge. Yeah. How'd you guys kind of feel like just heading off on this next little um, side quest? Like, were you confident, like, after having survived the terrible worm thing, going to an environment that you've been before? Were you still, like, reeling from Oriana's death and resurrection? What was happening there? Um, <laughs> I was confident, you know. I was like, in the back of my mind, I was like, there's gonna be some stuff like he, they, we've already been told in game like oh there might be troubles figuring like you know trying to mine this thing not only like finding it but like there might be things you know out there in general mm -hmm. so i was like yeah i was like oh we'll probably like face some things fight some more um things native to this land like because so already likes to like show like there's different like like uh fauna and like things that are like part of this world and like part of an area even though it's like some of it can be like natural like you know there are naturally things you see in like jungle and stuff but some of them are like this like rare thing that lives here also as well. And so uh, I was like, yeah, we'll probably face something like maybe one or two things that like maybe aren't common in the mountains that like, and then like, you know, this is something that also lives here or like roams here. And I was like, but we won't like dodge any of these things. We're probably like getting a few fights. And it's like, we won't die to any of these things though. Yeah. Like, yeah, but you know, things- And then. <laughs> things happen. <laughs> things happen. Yeah, things happen. Things do happen. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I kind of was confident going in like, oh, yeah, we've been here before. We know a lot of what's up here. Obviously not everything because, you know, it's a huge mountain range. So there's no way to know everything unless you go everywhere. But, you know, I didn't really expect 
over much. And then the words serrated grin were said <laughs> by the DM and like, this is get, this will not end well. Nothing that, b- that begins with the description of serrated grin is ever going to turn out in a positive light for anyone except the thing with the serrated grin. Hey, 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 you know what? Mm. You could describe like a puppy yawning as serrated. They no. got sharp little teeth. I, no, I mean, that, that doesn't that is, sound. That they is, got that's... sharp little ant things. Nah, nah. <laughs> little thingies. Nah. I mean, I a case could be made for that, yes. But still sounds evil to me. It does. It sounds super <laughs> evil. And I, if I described, evil if I described, puppy. if I described this annoying pug that's off camera as having a serrated grin or mouth or anything, nah. I do believe Laura would get quite upset. Hey. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah, obviously mountain, not as much as a cake of a cakewalk as you would perhaps hope. I feel like Serrani's just kind of playing whack-a-mole with you guys at this point. Like you're just going up and down <laughs> and up and down. Is that stressful? Like yes. in character, out of character, both. Now see, but now you know why Baltimore has short-term memory loss. He's getting hit man, and he just goes down and up. He's like what happened? Huh? Oh, this is Joss. He's yes, it's gone. Uh, it's like that god awful Joss Whedon show Dollhouse. Did I fall asleep? <laughs> it's like every single time. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I think I think uh, I mean it's sure it's stressful in the moment, right? I guess like it's just like anything stressful in the moment because you're like mm-hmm. on camera and stuff. But I mean, I don't know. It's 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 fun. I mean, it's you know, it's like it's like the D and D. Like that's what happens. Like you are bound to be going up and down at certain points, especially in combat, you know, it's a lot, a lot of things going on. And if, uh, you know, if you're fighting uh, flying manticores, it kind of, you know, you get, mm. uh, you get hit sometimes, you know, sometimes yep. you get hit, hit hard, and, but you know. Yeah, that is true. Sometimes you do get hit hard by a <laughs> bunch of manticores. <laughs> Boo. It happens. <laughs> Yeah, it do. I it, for me, it's kind of it. It does get a little stressful, only because I don't know if anyone has ever actually watched the face of my my wife while the game is going. Because a poker face is one thing; she will never be accused of having. But whenever she has strong emotional responses to stuff, I also have to have emotional responses to stuff yeah. because then her emotional response, whenever the cameras are off, is something that I am going to also be processing because I live with her and I'm not saying that in a bad way I'm saying that this is a thing because I am locked in a room with but with someone with whom I'm in a committed relationship therefore this is baggage I must also unpack yeah yeah I think as like a whole though like our group as a whole have like a lot like we're a lot of like emotional response people mm. uh like where's like emotional sleeves Freddie's nodding uh, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think uh I think I think probably Tick is probably the best at handling it though. Tick and then I probably say mm-hmm. me. I don't like I like yeah, I just get quiet try. usually. I usually just yeah, just like I just like stay quiet and it's like, ooh, this is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I won't like I won't like actively say it because I know some some of us are kind of like emotional response players. So I was like, I don't want to like, oh, this is bad. We're gonna like die because it's like then it's like that just puts more stress on top of us. I feel mm-hmm. 
So it's like trying to like, even if I think that most in some some cases, I'm like, oh, we might actually just all TPK here. I, I won't usually, I won't usually say that because like that's just like, one if I tell myself that, then I'm like, well, I'm just like going up against a wall because I like, oh, I know I'm gonna die, but I'm, I won't like. <laughs> but like if I think like, oh no, I can do this somehow. Like I can just like think my way out of it. It'll like yeah. help me think of a like something to just do something, and then also it won't. It won't bring everyone else down. That's my, yeah. my point of view. Well, yeah, because that, that's the thing. You don't want to put that exact yet. thing into the universe, you know, because. <laughs> <laughs> a positive attitude. Yep. The positive yep. attitude is what's kept the TPK away <laughs> because he hasn't said, well, we're all going to die here. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, like, you don't want to put that thing out there into the yeah. universe. And like, well, I guess we, I guess this is where we're all going to die. I'm like, with that <laughs> attitude, we sure as shit will. Now, shush. But, you know. I, I prefer the whole idea of nothing is absolutely certain as far as complete death, mm-hmm. because one, we don't know what's going to happen with the dice with the dice turnout, and two, right. we also don't know what would happen if literally the entire party died in the middle of a mountain, and whether or not that would mean well you're all just rotting corpses on a piece of rock now, or oh, if the DM God. would basically just have something else happen to us after that of well we just brought you back from the dead you owe us a lot of money. No. Sort, of, well, sort of thing or like i mean call back to our first our first our couple for first couple sessions we all yeah. went down yeah and it was yeah. like that was a story uh element like yeah. plot element. a plot uh, element was we tpk'd yeah. like a bunch of chumps yeah we were level clown shoes and we died just like it yeah and then like we wake up somewhere else like hey guys guess what main you're story fucked. of the game <laughs> yeah you're fucked by the way so here you go yeah tldr <laughs> y'all fucked <laughs> Uh, fun times. Remember how innocent you were back then? Yeah. Like a month ago. Football maybe? team doesn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a month ago, <laughs> that may as well be a billion years. <laughs> Who are you people? <laughs> you, you expect me to remember the beginning of the universe? Wow, that's crazy. So I say crazy. <laughs> One day, Fault is just going to be like, Who are you people? Who are you? <laughs> you erased too much. <laughs> we didn't write a note and just in it to his chest every night that has everybody's oh, names and where we wouldn't are. Wouldn't that be an interesting ass character though if you had other people who wanted to play with it? One sure. that's memory just resets every resets. day. Like, oh, what's that one movie? Like, Fifth Mode First Dates or something? No, the other one. Oh. <laughs> something no, First no. Dates. Oh, yeah, that, no oh, 50 First Dates. That's every day, yeah. 50 First Dates, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that'd be very interesting. It would be. Actually. I mean, well, I mean, to be fair, there is a guy that, um, that I play with in a home game every Wednesday who I feel like his memory resets every single week because he doesn't even remember like, okay, so are we outside? No, we are not. Write shit down sometimes. I'm not that bad. <laughs> no, you're not that bad. <laughs> but the short term memory, not the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel it. Um, cool beans. Uh, so let's take like a couple of minutes to just sort of like zoom in a little bit on the final battle. Like, so what was it like for each of your characters individually? Like just being in the midst of that, not even necessarily the bit where or where um, Perry dies, though definitely that as well, but just sort of how to look on the ground, guys. I mean... I mean, just on the ground, I was just trying to figure out like, okay, now how do I hit these things? I got, we're in, we're outside. Nothing could go wrong here. If I just drop lightning on their heads, it should all be fine. 
and then you know like lightning here cantrip there spiritual weapon spiritual weapon i wasn't really thinking much about it until things started going south oh campion looks like he's about to die a bunch and oh god perry's become food this is a bad time then i started having a lot of opinions but up until then it was sort of like this sucks for Cynric, but uh, we can make this work probably yeah it was uh for me it was kind of like uh well not for me well I guess a little bit. I was like kind of frustrated. I was like, I was like, I was kind of like, it happens. It's like your character is never going to be the exact perfect thing for every moment, obviously. Uh, but I think Balthian probably felt frustrated. Uh, this because the last two big fights, he just kind of been like there, kind of like he's done like mm -hmm. some damage with Eldritch Blast, like it's it's cool and all. Um, but he just kind of been like he's an after effect, after effect, and like no one's targeting him. You know, he's just like he's like not even like it seems like he's not even like a threat of enough. So I think because he's because he's not doing enough damage, right? Um, so it's kind of it's I think Baltine's a little bit uh, frustrated a little because he's like he can't get to things unless like he's shooting other blasts. But he obviously is clearly much better for his sword and find things face to face. So um, it was kind of frustrating for him because but uh, and he was, I was just trying to like have him like do things to like make sure that you know because I knew Campion was a big part of fighting it so I was trying to make sure Campion stayed up with healing him and trying to get in front of him to like at least try to make it look like you know make make them hit me first but he was just doing so much damage it was like no fuck you I'm gonna attack the thing that's killing me uh so it was just kind of like I was trying to do the small things uh and then uh once Perry went went up I was just like <laughs> the, like Khalil was just like I fucking can't do anything like I can't yeah. like I can't <laughs> save you in, in like any any way I'm like Luckily, I missed with my ultra blast. Was like I was like I know this is a bad idea, but I literally can't do anything else but shoot like like her from a hundred feet in the air. Like this is like awful, and I can't do anything. It's like yeah, I was like fuck, <laughs> like yeah. I can't because I can't get over there to like run under it and try to shoot it up. Mm -hmm. so I was like, and, like, what can I do? Yeah, and had she literally been like twenty feet closer, everything would have been fine. Right. Mm -hmm. but she was just outside of range of anything that I could do that was actually helpful yeah. until that thing was brought down out of the sky. Yeah. And so like my, my point of view was just like, I mean, I can't like, I, my, like my player, uh, like my player's play style is like, I rather have anything that I like, I rather have everything be in like my hands than up mm -hmm. to like another force. So like, if someone dies or if I die, I rather like me being able to like, oh, that's why I did this because that's why I died because I did this. Then like, well, you couldn't do anything, and then someone you know killed you. Rather, I'd rather have it like be up to me to like decide on what what happens. So like, I rather <laughs> I rather have a Splat and Perry in our hands so we can like, well, we fucked up. Well, what can we do about this? Then like this thing flying off and taking off of her and eating her for like dinner. So it's like I'm yeah. like. I'd rather just have it be in my control than to not. And that's why, that's, that was the only, like, I was like, this is, like, I, that's why I had that, that thought process of, like, well, I just need a shooter, I guess. But luckily it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, damn, man. Fortunately. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, so with that, we're going to move on to our topic for today, which is playing against type. Um, so we're going to be talking about, like, tropes and types and subverting them, clever, non-standard, subversive versions of classic D&D archetypes, essentially. Um, but before we sort of like dive into that, what do we mean when we say playing against type? How would you two define that? Uh, 
with fart noise. Good one, Will. <laughs> I would say at. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of hard because um, like you know I, I, I like you. It's like kind of like playing like anti anti meta, like not playing meta, right? Um, which is like also now weirdly become like a type, right? Like being the anti thing that you're like going against, right? Uh, so it's kind of like like well, now it's kind of what, what does that mean now? Because it's like you can be playing against a type, but like that's also kind of a trope now too. So uh, that's why I think it's like the anti meta of like whatever is like the popular thing than like playing a, like like the opposite of that, or like playing like something that's like reverse of that or something like that yeah I, I mean i would say pretty much the same thing is playing against type usually just comes down to if there is a specific thing that is just like the accepted definition of this is what it means to be a paladin you're basically a holy cop and then you make something that's completely out of left field and different from that or you know something of that nature. That's pretty much what we're what you're looking at. But I mean, it is kind of hard to define because of what you're saying about like the whole well reverse meta and anti this is now its own trope and everything. Yeah. So like, it's just this amorphous, weird, wibbly wobbly thing now. So let's try and yeah. cut this Gordian knot. All right. <laughs> yeah, and standards for things do change over times, but over time, but I think for certain classes and races in D&D, at least we sort of have an image of an archetypical. Like if mm -hmm. you imagine an orc, you're probably not going to imagine them dressed up like a bard. Or if you, which is like racist against orcs, but we've discussed this before. <laughs> um, it's true. Yeah, or if you imagine a paladin, you probably see some guy in like shiny armor and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so sort of like going off of what the standard visual visualization is for these different character archetypes how archetypical do you think your current characters are in the campaign or how not archetypical i would say i've tried to make quinn not at all the the um stereotypical archetypal cleric because he has absolutely no idea what he's doing. He doesn't understand, at least, you know, he didn't when I made him, he didn't understand the whole thing of what it even means to have religion or faith or anything of the kind. And was, and still partially is, a hot-headed jackass. And when you think cleric, these are not qualities that come to mind. So I, I would say not at all close to home on that. Yeah, um, I mean, there's, there's elements of both of them that are definitely like, um, like warlock, like things that are like standard. Um, but I think I tried, I tried very cautiously to like make sure that I don't, I'm not just like, oh, that's a warlock, whatever. Because like Baltine's attitude, his personality, the way he interacts with people, it's very, he's very, even though like he doesn't seem it, like he's like upbeat but chill at the same time, you know what I mean? Like he's mm -hmm. like not down in a dump usually. He's not like I'm with this, I'm with this dark, like packed of things and like everything's sad. He's like, he's like out there doing drugs and like for better or worse, like that, you know, he's like having fun, like he's trying to like yeah. figure things out in the world and he's not like like this, like things obviously he has conflict and that's like every character should have conflict, but there's not like, he's not like, he's he's not like this sad or like this like 
warlock like is fighting against his pack like he's seem, seemingly he's like he's always like this is what we want this is what you want that's i'm like we're good with that let's if that's what you want and this and you can help me get what i want we're we're square we can uh we don't have any issues with us let's continue to do what we're doing and uh go along so there's like there is like you know the standard like oh the pack did and like what uh working with something and like that but i tried very cautiously to make sure that the character is not usually like the stereotypical character that goes along with being a warlock and such. Um, so yeah, I don't think, I think there's uh, typical, atypical things that about him, but there are some tropes in there, obviously, because, you know, mm. there's always some tropes in a little bit of everything. It's true. Yeah. I think Lane. he definitely succeeded, sorry, when it comes to Baltim, though, because he's remarkably unedgy for a warlock right. and yeah, the really warlock is yeah. the edgiest class yeah yeah he, he doesn't have that angry teenager in a mall right. feel to him right that's what i was trying to like not make it that's why i was like that I was, that's the world i was looking for edgy like i couldn't think of it but like he's like he's not like super like the down and depressed and it's like he's not edgy he's not trying to be an edge lord he's just like he's just trying to be him and like that's whatever that entails essentially. man when i think edge lord i think the exact opposite of balta yeah you, you nailed it on that you were like yeah you're the like anti-edge figure who greeted you all by the babies yeah that would be a very stereotypical warlock yeah actually looks it, it has the look and yeah. the you know most things going for him but yeah <laughs> nice Oh, I bet that character's going to turn out to be like a paladin or something, but I, they do with the warlock look. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they are. I just know that I don't, I don't want to be their friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you will though. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> you can't make me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so kind of like expanding the idea of like archetypes and stereotypes um, beyond class to like also race and just other D&D things. When you were designing your characters, did you deliberately kind of write, I think you were saying you did, but did you deliberately write them to sort of subvert expectations or is that just what happened while you were making a unique character or was it both? I mean, with mine, what happened was uh, the, the story that I used for Quinn, I've mentioned this before, it was basically just something I kind of had kicking around in the back of my head from a novel I'm never writing because no one ever does. And I just I just basically put it out there for him. And the main reason that he ended up being a cleric was because nobody else made one. And I've played in games with our DM before and I thought we're going to need someone who can heal people. <laughs> so that's just what happened is like, well, you're a cleric now. There you go. And so like the rest of it just sort of fell into place. Um, for mine, I was, um, it was kind of just kind of aligned. Well, cause I, I want, I think, uh, I don't know if I said, mentioned this or said this to any, like even our DM, but I think I want to be a tiefling uh at one point um but uh i think oriana had already had her character ready or uh jake had already had his character pretty much like thought out and he wanted he, he wanted to be a tiefling and i was just like uh like i didn't want to be like two tieflings i was like even though like it could have been like it would have been different it could have been like you know there would have been there's vast differences between our characters i just didn't want like i just want different a diversity of like mm -hmm. races i mean we um, could have all been tieflings just been oops all true, tieflings true tiefling party <laughs> Uh, but I just wanted a different um, vibe. So uh, I think uh, for my character, I was, my character, like the process of my character started off 
with his sister, actually. I thought about his sister's character first, and then I based my character off of that. Um, so I, in a way, I kind of um, took that fallen Asimar and like, and Lord, they're usually like, they're like bad Asimar, right? Um, and I, I, I guess in a way I, I subverted because like Baltimore's like not like out to kill people and be evil yet. Um, so, yes. <laughs> uh, so I kind of just was like, oh, I, I need to like a reason of why he's fallen Asimar and, uh, and more and like, what like my sister being Asmar kind of played off of like the yin yang the, the two sides of a coin and just kind of fit it fit narratively into like the character in itself uh fully anyway I'm sorry when you said bad Asmar I just can't keep I just can't help thinking that's a terrible pun you know, <laughs> bad ass Amar I'm sure it was on purpose I mean I I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> yeah uh, I'm so I'm just waiting to like dig deeper into Voltaire's backstory in the game. I'm so nah, curious. it's all everything, surface level. Everything you mentioned, everything you mentioned, just makes me really curious. Nah, I'm surface level, guys. I don't have any backstory. <laughs> There's uh -huh. no depth there. He's, I don't have any backstory. Well, how would you know? You forget. No, that's that's why I don't have any backstory. <laughs> you can't I be told to remember things. I told Serenity is like, you know, I wrote this backstory and I forgot it. So uh, if you could just go ahead and give me one, <laughs> just make something up for me. <laughs> I'm going to be two-dimensional. Let's yeah. just not add any layers here. I am <laughs> what I am on the surface. I have yeah. no depth. I'm just like, That's I want to be a, a, a fallen Asmar warlock. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. Um, right, so expanding the conversation from just your current characters in this current campaign to all your characters against all cross campaigns, do you generally design characters that, like, on purpose to subvert the stereotypes or whatever do you play more into archetypes usually like how does that balance out like if you think back across everything hmm. um i don't i mean i'm not i mean i'm sure there's some that are like i characters i have that are that are you know atypical and so i'm like mm -hmm. i don't usually write my like write or like make characters i usually make characters as like a thought or like a, 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 a like i want to like like kind of like a, a mold of some other character in media mm -hmm. and then like I'll like what class fits this what thing what would be interesting with this and then I kind of like put that into that in that mold into a class um so I don't really think about it like in like that form um I but if I do like I do have like specific classes that I like are characters that are like specifically against the meta of like a character like mm -hmm. I have a I have a, a thought for a, a cleric that like you know is about killing things instead of like healing things. So like I, I have like thoughts about stuff like that, or like a um, a druid that's like basically from a like technology like technology based like clan, and they like are like a technology based clan, and like they don't uh, kind of like based off of uh, like Elder Scrolls lore, like the the Green Pact uh, druid, or like it's like a druid or a ranger uh, class, uh, depending on how I see it fit. Just I have stuff like that that are like like against the type of like what this would be uh, stuff like that, but I don't don't typically think of uh, think of it in that that sense. I mean, as far as all the characters I've made, I I don't really try to make anything that actually goes one hundred percent to formula. Uh, like the one time I played a wizard, I basically made a rip off of Harry Dresden and John Constantine, which are the least wizardly wizards you can think of. Like the one wizard thing I had is he just he needed all the spells, just all of the spells. But that's like, hmm? 
think Constantine's the sorcerer. I mean, the fact that he just knows every spell for every occasion means that he would have to be a wizard, but that's kind of a different conversation. But, <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, I don't, I don't ever try to. I might end up doing it by accident. Although I did make a druid once, like Biff, screw it. He's just crunchy granola hippie druid because that's fun. And that's the one time where I kind of just did it on purpose. But other than that, no, I just don't. I don't really uh, mean to do it if I do. Nice. Okay. Um, so how can DMs, not players, use subverting expectations to make interesting NPCs? Hands on that. Um, I think uh, you don't have to do much, I think, because it's, it's not, it's not too hard. Because like, there's, I mean, we all kind of, is like, a, we kind of all is, uh, consume this media. So we all know, like, there are certain like stereotypes and stuff like that, but like, it, it's not too hard. Like it's literally like, if like, you know, sometimes it just takes like, you're in the middle of a battle and like you like see like a, like you're in an orc raid or something like that. And you see one of the orcs cast a spell at you're like, oh, that's, you're like, you are in your mind. That's like a, a flag goes off. You're like, something's like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? You're like, oh, mm -hmm. that's, that's something like different, right? So it's like, you don't have to do too much. It's like, it's just, um, it's just, I mean, I guess you just have like, you just have to know what the tropes are and like, you can actively, you know, subvert them. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, sometimes, I mean, sometimes tropes are good in, in fairness. Uh, so sometimes you don't want to uh, subvert them because there's some, some tropes that are rewarding, right? Mm -hmm. um, but um, it's, uh, it's not too hard just knowing, it's just a balance of knowing like when to uh, use them and they went to, even if you use them, slightly alter it so it's not like the same formula. To make it bland that's kind of my point of view I think. yeah i and you're right because there are some things where it's a trope because if it ain't broke don't fix it right and there are some things that just they just stand up you know like the, they have existed this long because they're good but there are other things where oh look it's another um oh i don't know i'm trying to think like the tropiest of tropey things um like a little gnome shopkeeper or mm -hmm, kind of yeah like yeah. oh look it's another scottish dwarf or oh look yeah. it's another sexual bard yeah oh look it's another bard that's dry humping its way across a continent you know yeah. that sort of thing but like you know there are some things where it's fun to turn them on their ear just because you know people are expecting like people aren't expecting the uh the orc wizard or the tiefling cleric, you know, or things like that. Uh, or yeah, or the <laughs> beholder that has a garden who is just a delightful friend. Our but favorite. yeah, I miss him so much. But, <laughs> but um, there, there are some things where it's like you, like you know, that's a good example. You know, you see a beholder and your expectation is, ah, uh, well, it's a good thing I made my will before walking into this room. But then he's like, hey, guys, I'm having problems with my plans. You want to, like, help me fix these? Maybe have a tea? Help me have with some my tea. moss. Have yeah. some scones, you know? Just come in, hang out, be a friend. It's all good. And it's when you get over the initial shock, of, okay, so we're not going to die? We're not going to die? Oh, boy, this is really great. <laughs> sort of adds to it, you know? Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, so going off of um, something both you mentioned, what's the value of playing into type? Oh, it's super fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some things where it literally, if it ain't broke, don't fix yeah. it. You know, like because I'm I'm running a Curse of Strahd game right now, and Strahd is everything you would expect him to be. He is arrogant and vain and just 100% has this big white colonizer energy going and it's I'm I, you play into that because this is the content people come for is right. I want to I want to want to kill this guy right. meanwhile at the same time uh, the group just got through the amber temple and they found that lich and fixed the lich and now he's basically just being their best friend and a tour guide and even like gave them a place to stay for the night in the Sweet. most fabulously goth magnificent mansion that I had to come up with in the moment that anyone has ever heard of. It was basically like the haunted mansion plus a trip to Hot Topic and <laughs> Spencer Gifts and it was like like act one Beauty and the Beast and like all that stuff just minus the sentient silverware. But like that, that's the whole thing is like, that is, you know, you see a lich and you think, well, I best get my affairs in order. And this guy's like, oh, hi, how are you? Don't worry about book. it. I'm just gonna read a bunch of, it? I don't want to stop yeah. reading books ever. Yeah. So that's why I don't die ever. There's new books. I need them. Yeah. yeah I think, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's like, if like everyone knows, like, like, you know, I like, like me for one shot, because I'm not like, I'm not going that deep for like a character idea or something like that. I like I'll yeah. sure I'll lean into tropes super heavily. Like it's it's like I mean like every like it's a meme and everything, but everyone like it's fun being an edge character and knowing like I'm doing this ironically and like it's kind of funny. Like it's like it's super like it's super easy to like just like you don't have to think about like what your character can say. It's like well just think of the most edgiest thing or like you're like you're just like you just lean into the trope and it's just really yeah. easy to like to like that character basically just talks for itself. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. it's super fun to do that. Yeah, what I like doing is I like leaning into tropes with the class and then having an unusual race. Like I recently, um, for those of you who saw the Halloween episode, ah. I had a very dumb barbarian who's a drow. And one of my um, earliest characters was a very strict lawful good paladin who was an orc. So that's the kind of stuff I like to do. Um, I think it's fun. Yeah. I agree. Tropes are tropes for a reason. That's because they're really fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but speaking of that, do you think some D and D classes are more prone to being cliches than others? Barbarian? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Druid definitely is kind of hard to un cliche. Yeah. I mean, um, with the druid, it's hard to not make a hippie that lives in the trees. It's yeah. Well, I mean, it's really just, not. Yeah, their character. I mean, the the class is so built around nature. Your character has to, in some way have some relationship with nature in some sense. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of hard to like break that that archetype of the druid. Um, yeah. Rogue is kind of a hard one sometimes. I think they're gotten, like there's so many like rogue classes that's kind of gotten better uh, for rogue. Uh, rogue was kind of one of those ones was kind of like, you have to kind of be like this loner character. Mm -hmm. I'm an edgy loner that grew yeah. up on the streets and no one can possibly understand where I've come from or what I've done with my life and the questionable things that have happened. 
etc 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 good monologue the second uh, edgiest character all in for like older editions where it's like really hard because you can't you couldn't be a different alignment for paladin and older editions you had to like yeah strictly be lawful good so you couldn't deviate anywhere in between anything uh so i think paladin was it's probably the most like the hardest one since uh 5e because now mm. like there's a little there's a lot of different darker uh variations of paladin that yeah. like there's kind of let it stepped away from that i have to hold the law and i am lawful stupid and if you break the law i have to break your heads like it's like it's kind of <laughs> yeah. like it's yes yeah i think it's a uh, it's that that one's for sure has been uh, hard to get away from that trope yeah and then of course there's also always the the most classic D trope i'm a fighter and that's it you just don't make anything more detailed than i I, I i i fight i can I use sword all the weapons <laughs> i'm a walking armory but i can only use one of them at a time so i don't know yeah. why i have all these weapons <laughs> yeah. isn't dual weapon fighter a thing yes by using yeah. two yeah. that means i use two use the same two. weapon i use two of the same weapon oh yeah. god can you take triple weapon fighter have like another sword in your mouth like mouth. zoro this be zoro <laughs> or like the guy from yeah. one piece that's what, I, zoro, that's, zoro, that's yeah. what we all said uh we're nerds but we're like on slightly different levels right. like me and Baltine, we know the guy's name chad don't know what your problem is um, one piece, that's my problem <laughs> <laughs> i just um, every time i have netflix open i keep seeing that they have one piece now like, if i don't pick something fast enough to watch like <laughs> yes i know you have one piece i'm probably not going to get to it would you just lay off uh it's trying to get you it is you. it's trying to get me and i i don't think it's going to succeed <laughs> Beans. Um, okay, so with like the new rules in Tasha's, like with new subclasses and like sort of a reconfiguring of racial stuff, do you think um, playing unusual or against type races will be more common now that it's better supported mechanically? Does it still count as playing against type if it's in the books? I mean, I think it still counts as playing against type because there's always an expectation of yeah. this equals this because our brains are wired to just make those logical leaps, you know, like the, it doesn't take much thinking to realize that, you know, two plus two is in fact four, but whenever you have something where you can make basically whatever you want with the characters now because of how the you know how the stats break down and how the backstories break down and all that and you aren't limited to well if i want this to be effective in any way i guess i have to make them x class or whatever then it means that you can still make the tropiest of tropey characters or you can make something like I'm going to make the smartest Goliath or, you know, or, or the sneakiest Goliath. He's nine feet tall, but somehow, damn it, you just can't see him coming. Right. And it's like, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you can't, it's, it's yes and no for me. Cause like, it's sure you can, like, there's always, you always be atypical in anything, you know, but like, it's because it's in the, like the book, like the classes themselves, they're like, there's things that they do, you know what I mean? Like you, you can make an atypical rogue, but like at a certain point, if you go too atypical, then your rogue is not a rogue, right? Like you can't, if you don't have like stealth proficiency and stuff like that or expertise. So like you're like, you're a rogue in class, but like 
it's that that's not how like that class works in the game. So it's like it's hard to be too far atypical because then it's like, well, now you're you're hindering your class to be atypical, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a, like there's a balance to it. You have to be like you can like you have to be you want to be effective with your character, right? Like it's kind of it's shitty to just play like you're a cleric, but you don't heal ever, like you never heal at all. It's like sure that's a, a atypical, but like there's a like most of the clerics like are like spells like or half of the spells are revolved around healing or preventing damage or saving people from dying like that you're basically wiping out half your class you know mm -hmm. what i mean so it's like it's hard to be like you can like understand like you can be like oh i'm not gonna have as many like their healing's out of focus on theirs but like they do like like i think uh you know like you know like quinn he like he just has like damage naturally into his thing so it's like mm -hmm. so far i mean even though quinn heals a lot but quinn does decent damage like he's not like i don't see quinn as like the atypical cleric usually uh because like when we were fighting those uh manticores i was like well i need to make sure quinn uh <laughs> campion is up and 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 parry because there's our damage deals right now they're just like they're the only ones with range so i need to make sure those three are up and good yeah yeah unfortunately as a tempest cleric i always come ready to fight yeah. because <laughs> i always have the ability to call lightning and thunder and whatever i feel like because my deity says it's cool right and she is correct it's, so yeah it's, it's sorry they are correct that's true they. they they are they are both correct it's so dope yeah. as hell to be able to do that so yeah there's a balance to being uh playing into the trope and being atypical because yeah especially for dnd if you want to be effective there's certain things that your class just is supposed to be naturally good at because that's what their class is good at so you're different differentiating from a different class because you like you don't want your fighter to be same as your cleric, the same as your warlock. Like this, it didn't, why are we playing like different classes? We just play the same class. Yeah. Uh, so you have to. So you can be, you know, different mold of this. But it's like your your character and your bone skeleton to your character, like has to be effective in what their class is, right? Yeah, and I feel like one thing that needs to be brought up because you know, this is a good example. If you really want to try and do something that's against type, use Dobby as an example because dobby class wise was a monk, <laughs> monk he rogue. was not at all played <laughs> like a monk he was played like rogue but had nothing roguish just his he, personality he had a roguish, just a roguish smile he had the roguish smile he no. did have the roguish personality but as far as like skills and <laughs> stuff he needed to the things he was doing not so much. So that's a good way to play against type. You think, okay, I'm going to make this fighter, but I'm going to play him like a sorcerer. Don't ask questions. Um, Quinn, I don't know about that. Isn't Daffy the only one not here with us currently? Should you probably give people that advice? I mean, like, as I an mean, example, you know. Maybe your mechanics a little bit more, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying everybody do that thing exactly, but just sort of use that as an example, okay. partially of what not to do, but also partially <laughs> what you could do. So if you want to die, model Dobby. <laughs> I mean, I gotta say, we're still talking about Dobby multiple weeks after his death. Oh, I love Dobby. So, I love Dobby. Effective in-game? Sort of. Effective in our hearts? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Never forget. Yep, definitely. Rip Dobby, <laughs> Gnu Dobby. Um, 
Cool beans. Okay, so that's our time for this week, this lovely Tuesday. It's snowing outside here for the first time this year. It's very exciting for me. Mm. Um, and thank you, too, for joining me so much. Um, thank you to the audience for tuning in for another one of these, whatever we're calling them, little variety show hours. Um, tune in again next week for more of this and tune in on Friday for more of Roll for Damage. We had 100 followers. Oh, yes. Amazing. Sure, sure. Thank you. That is such an awesome milestone to hit during this show. I feel very proud. I will take credit for that. Um, <laughs> all, all on true spec. All on true spec. On the back. On the back. Um, yeah, so stick around for links, resources. Thanks to Sunbird and Lane Meows for doing our logo and our theme music. We will see you next week. Good night. Bye. Bye.